I'd like to welcome everyone to the Florence Weinberg Show. Frank McKay here. So much more importantly, the author of 16 books. One more on the way, and a lot more on the way, uh, but a memoir on the way. Um, she's the subject of a documentary. She is the subject of a long radio series before becoming her own host. But without further ado, Dr. Florence Byam Weinberg, how are you? I'm doing fine, thank you. The heat is tremendous, but other than that, uh, I'm doing great. And I think the heat is doing a, a number on our phone, even, in, uh, and signals and uh, all types of things. But, uh, you know, don't worry, you have a, you have a um, governor there that's, uh, that's even going into the water to block the immigrants coming in, right? Uh, you got all kinds of things going on over there. Correct, yes. Uh, yes, and I have been thinking about that water, which is the Rio Grande down there, uh, that is our border with Mexico, uh, and the terrible things, actually, that have been going on there. Uh, very, very complex report I'm going to make to you, trying to pull together everything we know about it, uh, and it has been difficult uh, to, to make sense of it, put it together in uh, in a short enough form. So I better get to it Absolutely. without further ado, and here we go. Problems at our border with Mexico have plagued the Democrats from the moment President Biden stepped over the threshold of the Oval Office. Republicans have made and continue to make as much negative propaganda as possible with any means conceivable. Trump's savage policy of separating children from their parents caused thousands of children to be lost in a bureaucratic maze with their bereaved families still looking for them today. But this inhumane Stephen Miller brainchild raised not one Republican eyebrow while it was being implemented. Then there was Remain in Mexico, which caused large impromptu homeless cities to grow up with no sanitation, no medicine, no adequate shelter, little food, and unsafe water. All that during the Trump administration. But of course, when Biden took over, he tried to remedy some of that, but gets unceasing criticism for what he's trying to do. And unfortunately, I have to admit the situation under Biden has not improved very much, whereas the Trump administration's effort dealt with keeping people out under the assumption that the majority were robbers, racists, uh, rapists, and drug dealers, as Donald Trump declared them to be in his first campaign speech. The Biden administration has tried to be more concerned with the human needs of the immigrants. Unfortunately, the budget for the Federal Border, border Patrol is unevenly divided, with 88% of the money going to security, keeping people out, and 2% going for helping the destitute, needy, and often sick migrants. Governor Greg Abbott calls the present, present program Biden's open border policy. Since increasing hordes of people have come to the border beginning in January 2021, believing that entry would be easier under a new administration, the mass of people allowed to seek refuge inside the United States was not able to be accommodated by the processing facilities. Instead, 
they have milled around in holding in a holding area, waiting for the locked entrance gate to be opened. There have been too few personnel to process such a glut of applicants. The crowd outside had become so huge, some of them having waited nearly a week without shelter, food, adequate water, or sanitation, that the Biden administration reinstituted uh, Trump's Title 42, the immediate return and remain in Mexico policy. That has now been lifted, but new entrance requirements are nearly as bad. And those requirements are that any applicant for asylum should first apply for asylum to the uh, Border Patrol, the Border uh, Administration, um, by Internet, or apply to the country they're passing through for asylum. And... Actually, I think only one percent of the uh, of the migrants, these families coming from uh, El Salvador and Guatemala and all over the place, uh, could have the equipment, the education equipment, educational equipment, and money and access uh, to a computer in order to make an internet application, and they would have to travel to the capital of whatever country they happen to be in to apply for asylum, uh, and they are all prob- usually uh, riding on top of uh, freight trains and that sort of thing for their transportation. They have no money. Uh, and how are they going to get to the capital? So I think the requirements were terrible. And the judge, uh, by the name of Tiger, or Tigar, T-I-G-A-R, uh, just blocked this rule from going into effect for a week. And we'll see how that turns out. But I think it was a very stupid rule because it ignores what they, how the people actually are who are desperate uh, walking, they are. Not, they don't have the um, Corvettes to come up through all these countries with, uh, and so, um, so that law that was passed by the Democrats is really uh, very ill-conceived, to say the least. Mm. But going back to Governor Abbott. Once he had seen the chaos at the border continuing since the Trump presidency, he began Operation Lone Star to deter migrants from crossing the Rio Grande into the United States in the first place. He sent thousands of Texas State Guard troops and hundreds of Texas law enforcement officers to the border. At first, their pay was sporadic or absent. Their housing facilities shoddy, and their mission vague. They were allowed to accost the migrants who succeeded in crossing the Rio Grande and to escort them to the Border Patrol facilities. No further information about their mission was forthcoming, and this reticence has been labeled Lone Star Silence. However, the program has grown and evolved since its beginning in 2021 until today it has become an unwieldy monster. Lately, it has become the fashion for Republican governors to bolster the showy Lone Star Project by contributing token numbers of troops to the endeavor. 
Virginia Governor Glenn Youngkin, on July 15th, sent 100 troops to the Eagle Pass area of the Texas-Mexico border. Addressing them, he thanked them for the sacrifice you are undertaking in a worthy mission to disrupt the flow of criminals, weapons, and drugs into the country. Wow. And I'm quoting him. Oh, my gosh. Wow. Yeah. His opponents correctly say Yunkin sent the guard more than uh, 1,600 miles from home for purely political reasons to depict President Joe Biden as weak on border security. After all, he, Yunkin, along with around a dozen other governors, is running for president. uh, They're not all governors, but there's enough of them. The mantra to prevent the entry of criminals, weapons, and drugs into the country echoes Trump's introductory message given at the foot of the golden escalator as he initiated his campaign in 2016. He called Mexican immigrants, and I'm quoting him, robbers, rapists, and drug dealers, unquote, a list to which human traffickers and gunrunners has been since added. It's odd, however, that Mexican cartels get a supply of guns from the United States. The gun running is going from the U.S. and Texas in particular into Mexico. Gun purchases, especially in Texas, um, gun purchase, especially in Texas, is a simple transaction, no questions asked. So why would any Mexican bring guns here when anyone can have one and carry it openly? It is rather Mexico that would love to prevent the entry of weapons from the United States. Yunkin isn't the only governor to be bolstering his presidential hopes by contributing troops to Abbott's pet project. Governor DeSantis has sent around 800 troops along with state law enforcement officers. Tennessee, Idaho, and Nebraska have also... Doctor, we have you. Citizens are paying the bill, and in Youngkin's case, some three uh, three point four million dollars will be paid by. Add these troops to the thousands of Texas State Guard and law enforcement officers, and you have a crowded scene, costing Texas citizens billions. Up to the month of June, it was over $2 billion, but with the addition of the latest deterrent equipment, the outlay is more like $9.5 billion to be paid out of Texas citizens' tax money. This means that our schools and infrastructure go begging for funding, especially our schools. We now rank 37th, according to a CNBC poll, near the bottom in state support of our education system. Among the governors sending troops in speech-making about the heroic action, Ron DeSantis is the loudest and most inhumane. During his publicity trip to the border on June 26th, he made no suggestions for mending the broken immigration system, nor did he allude to the failed Latin American states where chaos is driving the citizens to flee to the United States for safety nor did he acknowledge the need of U.S. agriculture for migrant workers. Instead, he lumped all migrants into one heap, speaking of an invasion. He recommended using deadly force to battle cartels, enforce immigration laws, expand 
expectations end policies of catch and release and birthright citizenship. His recommendations remain in Mexico policy, cutting federal funding for non-governmental aid organizations, setting up naval blockades of Mexico, and using the military to complete the wall. DeSantis uh, tries to out-Trump Trump. While speaking of drug cartels, he recommended dropping, that is, killing, those thought to be cartel operatives. And I quote, If the cartels are cutting through the border wall, trying to run product into this country, they're going to end up stone-cold dead, unquote. Wow. No mention of the thousands of pregnant women, women carrying babies in their arms, fathers carrying their toddlers on their shoulders, families walking thousands of miles from Venezuela, Honduras, El Salvador, and other beleaguered countries to find a safe haven somewhere. No, DeSantis obscures the realities at the border while pandering to voters, trying to frighten and enrage them making sure that hate and rage will put him ahead of Donald Trump as preferred candidate for the presidency of this country. The politics of fear, rage, and hate swept Trump into power, so DeSantis seems to believe an increase in those tactics should do the trick for him as well. Since DeSantis's visit, aggressive activity by Operation Lone Star increased enormously. Its troops had butted together along the bank of the Rio Grande. These completely cut off the view of the river from the shore and stopped the federal uh, border patrol from reaching the water in case of emergency. Lone Star has also erected hurricane fence topped with barbed wire. But far worse, miles of razor wire, also known as concertina wire, that cuts any creature, human or animal, that encounters it. This is the wire that tops the fences around our prisons. So it is meant to keep the prisoners in, and it is the same, the same attitude towards the immigrants at, in trying to keep them out by cutting them to pieces. The razor wire also blocks the border patrol, and so Operation Lone Star is in opposition to the border patrol, uh, which is being blamed for an open-door uh, open policy. Um, the border patrol, who often must cut through the wire to reach any emergency, but at least the emergency is visible, which it isn't when they, when they encounter um, these uh, boxcar uh, barriers. Add to this the recent addition of boys, a thousand feet long, four feet high, which spin when somebody tries to climb on one and are armed with razor-sharp knives to cut anyone trying to climb. And uh, the, the knife part is not usually added to the description of these boys, these bright orange uh, uh, serpent-like things that are lying in the, in the river, uh, blocking the river in part. 
and they have netting under underneath to de to deter anyone trying to swim under. Add to that randomly floating barrels wrapped in radio wire that can bump into a crosser, knock them down and drown them, as well as lacerating them in the process. Any small boat traffic by the locals is clearly highly dangerous, if not impossible. Some razor wire along the bank is underwater, a further peril for those wading along the shore looking for a means of climbing out of the water. And the waters of the Rio Grande are muddy, so underwater wire is invisible. But news about all these new and inventive deterrents exploded on, uh, on the media, and every TV outlet, perhaps excepting Fox News and affiliates, broadcast the particulars. A state trooper, shocked at the result of these deterrents, wrote an email to his superior detailing the horrors he witnessed. A pregnant teenager having a miscarriage, caught and being sliced by the razor wire as she tried to cross it. A four-year-old girl fainting and being pushed back into the river. People who had spent hours trying to cross the river being refused a drink of clean water. And these were only a few human rights abuses witnessed by a single Lone Star trooper. These, there are thousands more going unreported. The Express News, our major San Antonio newspaper, has followed the razor wire installation from the beginning with headlines such as, and I'm quoting uh, the uh, Express News headline here, Agency warns razor wire along Rio Grande imperils migrants. And a lead editorial, this is the primary editorial in the paper, razor wire on the border, serves no one. The enormous boys come in for equal criticism with information about their manufacturer, South Africa, and the cost, raising the Lone Star cost up to the $9.5 billion that I cited before from something over $2 billion. The chorus of outrage has caused the federal government to take notice as well. On July 19th, the banner headline reads, and I quote, Texas Dems urge, urge action on border death traps, unquote. To be specific, our House of Representative member, Joaquin Castro, confronted Secretary of State Anthony Blinken and read an Express News headline to him. I quote what he said. Okay, this is Joaquin Castro. Yeah. I read him the title and first paragraph of the Express News article and urged the administration to intervene and to remove the death traps Abbott has installed for the sake of human rights, unquote. On the following day, the Express News headline was, Feds examine Texas's treatment of migrants. Here are the first words of that article, end quote. The U.S. Justice Department is working with other federal agencies to look into how Texas is treating migrants trying to cross the border in Eagle Pass. The department is aware of the troubling reports, and we are working with the Department of Homeland Security and other relevant agencies to assess the situation, unquote. And what is the local reaction to the Lone Star assault on the migrants?
We're good. Okay, here I go. And what is the local reaction to the Lone Star assault on the migrants? An opinion piece by Nancy Prever Johnson, a regular contributor to our newspaper, puts it this way. Eagle Pass, the barbed wire, concertina wire, here, is a monument to how asylum seekers are entangled at great peril in the disparate political narratives of America's broken immigration system. Valerie Wheeler sees it daily. She leads the only shelter in Eagle Pass, Mission Border Hope, where asylum seekers stay until they can afford a ride to nearby Del Rio or San Antonio, 150 miles away and beyond. A Mexican immigrant, Wheeler, 36, supports border security efforts, but barbed wire and bright orange boys, the state has gone too far, unquote. Another front page headline in yesterday's, that is, uh, Sunday's paper, uh, a concerning reaction in, uh, in Eagle Pass reads, okay, this is the headline, we didn't ask for this. Shelby Park in Eagle Pass has, has been transformed by Operation Lone Star into something reminiscent of a war zone. Since May, Lone Star troopers have been allowed to arrest immigrants trespassing on private property. These arrests have, since June, been extended to Shelby Park, which was a public park, under the pretext that the land belongs to Mayor Rolando Salinas. So it is now, to Lone Star at least, private property. The city's uh, lone hospital was full by last Thursday with lacerated people and those collapsed from heat exhaustion, and the fire department is almost totally occupied answering calls from bleeding, exhausted, and dehydrated migrants. A rancher with property that borders the river reports that migrants have come through that acreage planted in pecan trees by the hundreds. Many collapse there from exhaustion and never get up again. He says he has lost count of the dead bodies he has found. In short, both the influx of asylum seekers and Lone Star's reaction have devastated Eagle Pass, a town unused to the pressure and the destruction caused, for another example, by bulldozers clearing vegetation growing along the banks, such as pecan trees, to make way for shipping containers and razor wire. Brandon Lingle, who is a, another commentator, writes an eloquent opinion piece, Operation Lone Star officials talk big about thousands of immigrant apprehensions criminal arrests, and fentanyl seizures, but there's little mention of lives saved or people helped. But humanitarian aid helping families goes against the larger dehumanizing narrative of an invasion and the notion that the federal government isn't doing its job, unquote. Wow. Okay, so... Uh, there's much much blame uh, falls on the mastermind, actually, of Operation Lone Star, who is, of course, Governor Greg Abbott. The lead editorial last Thursday, July 20th, reads, 
and I'm quoting, and uh, I'm focusing now on Abbott rather than on Lone, on the Eagle Pass it's, itself, but on the perpetrator of all this misery. Uh, so the, the lead editorial reads, quote, Abbott sheds his humanity at the border. That's the title of it. Uh, this is the lead editorial in our paper. Abbott sheds his humanity at the border. The piece begins, quote, for more than two years through his Operation Lone Star, Texas Governor Greg Abbott has used the South Texas border as a screen onto which he projects toughness and a willingness to do anything to address illegal immigration in spite of the Biden administration. Whether busing ill-clad immigrants to sub-freezing temperatures in Washington, D.C., or raising concertina wire and floating barriers in the Rio Grande, Abbott has crossed borders of callousness, indecency, and cruelty, unquote. The editorial's final sentence is, Governor, you have lost your way, unquote. Mm. Wow. Wow. Here in, yeah, wow. I mean, the, the Express News goes all out. It makes no bones about it. Okay, here in San Antonio, everybody's favorite columnist is Carrie Black, who writes whimsical, upbeat columns about local matters. He He's somebody that everybody waits to read. He is witty, eloquent, and he leaves you with a smile. But last Sunday's column was different. Its title, If the Tin Man of U.S. Politics Only Had a Heart. That's Here funny. are some excerpts. The Tin Man in Search of a Heart was once a man with a heart and a name. He wants to become the man he once was. Even without a heart, the Tin Man, and he's speaking of, of course, the uh, the book and the movie, The Wizard of Oz. The Tin Man wants to become the man he once was. Even without a heart, the Tin Man was kind and of conscience. In the book, while walking along the yellow brick road, he accidentally steps on and kills a beetle and cries at what he's done. Does Governor Greg Abbott, the tin man of American politics, want to become the man he was before his name became synonymous with heartless and cruel responses to crisis? Abbott ha has bussed migrants to, migrants to D.C. on Christmas Eve in sub-freezing temperatures. Last year, his immediate response to 53 migrants found dead in a sweltering tractor-trailer was a tweet criticizing the Biden administration. Not a word about the souls lost or any words of comfort to their families. Recently, state officials with Operation Lone Star, Abbott's multi-billion dollar border initiative, placed razor wire along the border and floating barriers in the Rio Grande, which have served the purpose of physically harming immigrants attempting to cross over. Lone Star Trooper Nicholas Wingate, a medic, has written a letter reporting inhuman treatment of migrants he has witnessed. What manner of person can read Wingate's accounts and not be disturbed, not want anyone sanctioning such behavior to be held accountable? 
To do so is to defend the indefensible, justify that which must never be justified. Whether to push children and mothers nursing babies into the river isn't a political question, it's a moral one. Whether to give water to the thirsty in extreme heat isn't a political question, it's a moral one. Doing unto someone as we would have them do unto us isn't political, it's moral. The Tin Man understood this. Why can't Greg Abbott? Wow, again, wow. And I close my presentation with with Kerry Clack because I think he sees <coughs> pardon me, he sees the human implications of all of this very clearly and, and puts it most eloquently. So um, at this point, of course, the, the federal government is involved with uh, trying to get rid of the uh, the razor wire and the boys, and Abbott is simply saying, no, you know, just <laughs> come and try. You know, it's it's that sort of attitude. It's it's, it's a childish attitude. Yeah, just come and see if you can if you can uh, overcome me and my power here with my thousands of troops. Uh, amazing, uh, the whole th the whole subject. I, I'm great job on this, and uh, I I don't know, um, uh, you know, I I don't know what to say. I think uh, you know if you underline the last line that you know that uh, or the last last set of lines that this is a moral issue. It's it's not a political issue, and of course it it should be, and you know the you know these are human beings. And uh, look, I, I, I understand people worried about an influx of, uh, of folks coming in, but we all started as immigrants somewhere, unless we're Native Americans. We all started as, as immigrants somewhere. Every in one of us. Every one of us. Yeah. And these people desperately want to come in to our country, and they're risking life, limb, their, their children's lives. They, they know how important it is to, to get here. And, uh, you know, again, this is a human situation. It's a moral situation. Um, I, I don't know. I, I don't even, you know, some of this I just, I can't get over. But I know it's political expediency uh, for, uh, well, uh, he's, he's only caring about political expediency or, or, or the popularity of, uh, of his polls or boosting his polls. And when we talk about Abbott or DeSantis, and you wonder whether they truly believe this or are they rationalizing or are they saying, you know, uh, look, you know, don't come here if you don't want if you don't want your children hurt, if you don't want if you don't want to risk, um, you know, drowning or or uh, or starving or, or dying of thirst. You know, I mean, it's it's a very harsh, very harsh stance that they're taking. But, you know, it works. There's a lot of people who are who, who want them to build a wall. You remember all those characters yes you know, build the wall build the wall um, and right and, and those who uh who uh, sent money to the cause after uh, trump was out of office uh there i think it was rudy uh giuliani and company who were collecting money to continue building the wall when they were actually they didn't put up a single a single foot of, of fence they just uh, took the money uh, so someone got rich so Somebody got got rich. That's right. Uh, no, I think that uh, these these people who 
uh, want to out-Trump Trump like DeSantis, um, know that uh, that hate, and that fe- first of all, it's fear. They, they try to engender fear on the part of the listeners and, and the potential voters. Um, and then fear engenders rage, and rage engenders uh, aggression. Uh, and also, going along with hate and fear is prejudice and contempt uh, for the other, the other side, the other argument. And for, uh, unfortunately, and for uh, democracy, uh, which is a more of a moral and humane system uh, in, uh, in favor of some dictator who will be able to uh, carry out a, these inhumane policies with impunity, with, without any checks or balances. And that's what they're, uh, they're working for. They want to be that dictator. Yeah, right. I mean, it's uh, it's an amazing uh, development, but it's become you know the you know politics of hate, the politics of of road rage, of anger, and mm. and uh, you know the former President Trump was uh, I always call him the road rage president. If you see somebody on the road that is going you know going crazy. You know, uh, and you know, often you'll see. <laughs> sometimes you'll see those folks, and they have they have a flag, and you don't have to guess who they voted for. But you know, I've been in the car with people where where somebody was just frantically driving and cutting in front of people and beeping their horn mm-hmm. and yelling, and somebody said, "Guess who he voted for?" And yes, exactly, right, right, and flipping people off too. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> that's right, that's right. <laughs> you know, and, and you know, here's here's the thing. Is that Trump, and and I, I'll I'll say it successfully because it it got him elected the first time, right? Of course he got he got voted out, and anybody who says he didn't is just out of their minds, um, you know, conspiracy to steal, you know, stop the steal and all that. But uh, the first time he got elected, because he gave a voice to all of these yeah. really angry people, he gave mm-hmm. he gave voice to people that were that were completely disgusted with the with the system and uh, you know i'll just say this there was a no i think we lost the doc for a split second was the system was the last were the last words right well right so uh, you know the 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 point that i was just about to make i was i was upstate uh new york and i was in a gas station and a guy came up to me and you know this was you know uh, you know about four years into trump's you know, right before he was leaving office, uh, you know, uh, and, you know, this guy came up to me and he, he asked me for money and he looked pretty healthy. He looked like, and he says, I haven't been able to get a job, you know, in, 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 uh, in two years, I haven't been able to make a living and, you know, all this. And, and he's asking me for, for $20. And I said, Oh no, I don't. I, I said, I'm sorry. I'm broke. I can't, you know, and I, I didn't give it to him. He didn't look like he was starving. He didn't look like he looked healthier than me. And, I saw him the next day at the same place. Uh, uh-huh. I was staying over, and and on his car was um, lock up, lock her up, like lock up Hillary, uh, Hillary yeah. for prison, 2016. Um, you know, Trump this, Trump that, and he was so pro Trump. And I'm thinking, like, w- why exactly is he pro Trump if if Trump had been the president here for almost four years, and he can't get a job, he can't, he he needs to go begging. In um, 
in the in, in it was a quick check uh which is a uh, you know a store up here that's a gas station slash um food store slash convenience store and they have a lot of them upstate and in new jersey but you know i, I kind of thought like well what why is he so pleased with uh with, with president trump if he hadn't worked in two years two years while trump was president and um you know needed my $20, which, you know, I didn't give him. Uh, but uh, anyway, I, I mean, I that I don't understand. And I, I know... It, it I, doesn't make sense. Yeah, and yeah. I know I know other people, friends of mine, who... And, and I know Trump. I You know, I've, I've you know, I spent, you know, either on the phone or in person 50 or 60 meetings with him. And I know people who love Trump that Trump would despise. I mean, he wouldn't mm-hmm. even give them the time of day. And he what? wouldn't understand why they're... You know, almost like why they're on this earth, he wouldn't understand. And I have a friend who, you know, he just, he never seems to be working. He's a nice guy. He's, uh, you know, a hapless guy. But, boy, he loves Trump like you wouldn't believe. And he just got caught up in, you know, like what we were just talking about here, the uh, the politics of hate, the, you know, the, the build the wall. And it just amazes me how uh, pro-Trump he was and— and uh, and Trump and again, I'm trying not to make, you know, make a political statement myself here. But I'm saying, like, why would that guy like Trump? And does he know? Does that particular person know that Trump wouldn't walk five feet out of his way to spit on him? Right. Right. <laughs> yeah. None of it makes any sense. I mean, to, to be pro-Trump uh, it boggles my mind because yep. yeah. I mean, he. He represents all the worst impulses of the human of human character. Uh, the 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 bottom, the sub subhuman, uh, the violent, the hate, the rage, the the uh, the whole thing that we learn as children to suppress. Yeah, <laughs> uh, it's totally unchristian. These people, uh, a lot of them, are right wing Christians. Uh, or supposedly Christians, and yet uh, they go for this, this hate, rage, and uh, uh, violence towards the uh, anybody who doesn't believe the way they do. Yeah, and I, uh, you know, I you know, again, I'm trying to, I, I'm trying to just give it in the mo- you know, the the least biased way. Um, I guess what they what he is blaming this guy that I I know, and maybe even the guy asking me for time, maybe he's blaming. The immigrants, right? He's yeah. blaming the the Mexicans and you know these quote unquote rapists and drug dealers and and all these people that would generalize coming in. Of course, you know uh, that's you know that's a very small percent of the people you know coming in are rapists and and murderers and whatever. The other people are, are family people and they're trying to get over here. So, I, I he he plugged in successfully plugged in to um, to this and. Uh, and it worked, so that's why Greg Gabbard. You and I are having this conversation now about Greg Gabbard. But I mean, uh, at one point, don't you have to say concertina wire? Really? Do you need concertina wire? Do you need, you know, uh, do you need to cut the people up as they're coming in? I mean, do you need, uh, do you need the people drowning? Do you need the people, you know, uh, stepping on on tacks or nails? I, you know, I I heard that, you know, that people are putting, you know, nails and boards on. On uh, in the Rio Grande, you know, hoping to mm-hmm. stop people from, you know, and and you're not stopping them, but you're you're, you're certainly hurting them, 
coming in. And yeah. I don't know. It's mm-hmm. but it's uh, you know Abbott and DeSantis are are you know following suit because it worked for Trump. The the anger, you know, tapping into the people that are that are angry. And um, mm-hmm. again, I'm sure there's some good people who you know you have a trainer and I have I I have many friends who 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 vote for, who will vote for Trump. I'm finding less people, you know, love Trump that are uh, you know like uh, as you would say good christians or 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 people like that but there are very some very right wing christians that um i i don't know that i would consider great people um that that do love trump yeah yes well uh, I, my uh, my trainer and her husband are are examples of this that, uh, people i just cannot fathom because they are Christian. They go to church. They believe in the doctrines of, of Jesus Christ, and they, uh, in their everyday behavior, they are very Christian, very generous, very helpful, um, very aware of others' needs, and and yet, and yet, they believe that uh, Donald Trump is the savior of the nation. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's insane. And and you know, look, it's uh, but the successful formula that he's developed is being followed by Greg Abbott and followed by Ron DeSantis. And you know, as of now, uh, Trump is still far ahead of DeSantis in the poll. So uh, you know, in the polls. So I mean, if you're uh, if you are um, Ron DeSantis uh, and you're trying to out Trump, Trump, uh, it's it's not working so far. Not working for him, no. No. Uh, well, there's something about Trump's behavior and his attitude and the way he holds his body and the way he moves and speaks um, and gestures. Uh, it, it attracts people, a certain type of people. And uh, so I guess you call that charisma. Yeah, I was just going to say it's charisma. It me. Uh, but uh, I can't stand his orange hair and and all the rest of him. I mean, uh, <laughs> but but other people find this irresistible apparently, and Ron DeSantis just doesn't have that. <laughs> so so he's not, even though he is uh, becoming as evil as he can be, um, it's not working for him. You know, thank it, God. Yeah. Well, <laughs> listen, it's. Uh, there is a theory out there that um, that the Democrats are are cheering on Trump because they feel they could beat him again. You know, they beat him last time uh, with with Biden, and um, and they probably feel if even if they needed to go Gavin Newsom or or whoever that they could beat Trump. So there are uh, there are Democrats that are cheering on. Uh, you know, cheering on Trump for for different reasons, just simply because yeah. they think they could beat him. Yes, yes, I know. Oh. <laughs> but uh, and I, I think we're going to get Trump as, uh, despite all the uh, indictments and, and convictions that he will have behind him by the time uh, November twenty-four rolls around. People are still, uh, he's still going to be our candidate <laughs> for the Republican Party, and it's so absurd. <laughs> yeah, it's well, you know, it, listen. It's the politics of anger, the politics of hate, the politics of um, of of road rage. You know, it's uh, it's yeah. 
it's there. Right. Well, uh, this was a great piece, Doc, and just w- what a wonderful uh, piece, disturbing piece, of course, because uh, it, the humanity that's in, involved here. But I, um, you know, I can't say enough for, for the research and and the work. And finally, we we tried for a couple of days here, and for different reasons, we we finally got uh, got through it. Um, I think, uh, I, you know, I I just think you you, you should uh, kudos to you. On, on this, and this is an issue that's not going away anytime soon. It's going to be right. a, a campaign issue, and it's going to be, uh, you know, it's going to be part of uh, uh, whoever's presidency, whoever it is, whether it's Trump, uh, another Biden, a Gavin Newsom, a, a Kamala Harris, uh, or a DeSantis. Um, this is this is reality. This is going to be part of it. Absolutely, and uh, as you say, it's just not going to go away. This problem, because it's caused. The root cause is the chaos in Latin America. And we simply forget all about the fact that these countries where these people are fleeing uh, need to be straightened out. But who's going to do that? You know, I mean, they're ruled by gangs and, and drug dealers. Uh, and Trump is right about that. Yeah. Uh, and, and they are robbing and uh, exploiting the people who live there. Uh, human trafficking them, uh, and on and on. I mean, it, it's just uh, hell. And so the people are running away from hell to try to find a refuge somewhere. And there's this great beacon up here called the United States, and so of course they're coming up here. Uh, we have we have reasonable peace and quiet up here, and the means of making a living if if you want to work, and they do. They're honest people who want to work for a living. Most of them, and uh, God, if uh, if the, their home countries could be straightened out, they wouldn't come up here. I'm sure people would love to stay home. Uh, yeah, they, they just yeah. they feel they can't, and they're living. They're uh, they're fighting. Yeah, they tooth and nail. Give up everything. Yeah, they give up everything. They, of course, they probably have been robbed blind anyway. And anything they had of value taken away from them, so uh, they have nothing to lose, yeah. except their lives. And they they are doing that by by the hundreds, probably by the thousands. Yeah. Because uh, th- that farmer uh, rancher who found finds the dead bodies in his uh, pecan orchard is a good example. He he has lost count of the dead that. Uh, the people who've managed to get across the river, but they are totally exhausted and they fall down and they don't get up. Amazing. Just amazing to me. Uh, Doc, great job on this. And we'll be talking about this again, no doubt, and sometime in the future. Uh, yeah. Great great job and thank you for all this. You're very welcome. I hope, I hope it is heard by somebody. <laughs> uh, I hope it'll do some good. That's the long and the short of it. Yeah, uh, no question about it. And uh, honestly, uh, people out there, it's it's one thing, um, I, you know, vote for uh, for whoever you'd like to vote for, of course. Um, but uh, you know, keep in mind that uh, you know the, the whole idea of this, uh, you know, hating somebody else and 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 beating down somebody else in order to. Um, to improve your life, I mean, this is something that uh, that it's got to be the worst karma in uh, in the world uh, to to feel that way. And and the people coming across that border that are trying to come across the border, and and you know, this is uh, I I think just a little heads up to 
the Christians out there. These are these are Christians that are coming over. Oh. They're, they're, mm-hmm. they're part of the Judeo-Christian um, family. And what you know, a couple of generations from from now, you're not going to be able to tell where they came from, or where no. anybody came. And it's, um, you know, they just want to come here because they want to love America the same way that we love America. And to all of you, thank you for listening. You've been listening to Dr. Florence Byham Weinberg, and uh, she's uh, she's absolutely wonderful. Uh, Frank McKay signing off. We'll see you next time on the Florence Weinberg Show. <laughs>